We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto-Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, CBTPFL. It's Tuesday, it's February 28th. It is 2023. It's the last day of February already. We have a 10-game NBA slate, which means, really quick, to go back to the last day of February, means baseball season is a month away. Um, super pumped for that. Everyone knows I love baseball. We got a 10-game NBA slate to talk about today. Joined today by Mr. Spider TJ himself. TJ, what's happening, my friend? Month away from baseball means we are a month away from the return of the Spidey Bomb. I can't wait. I'm excited about it. Uh, I can't wait for baseball season to come back. But finally, since I've transitioned to playing more on DraftKings lately, it's been fruitful for me. I've been making quite a bit more on dfs after a cold start to the nba season so feeling pretty good about the nba i'm excited about mlb i was just on vacation in california i'm refreshed let's tackle this 10 game slate i'm glad one of one of us is refreshed so that's fantastic um 
No, today I, I feel like I feel very tired as well. But like in general, I'm being positive. I'm refreshed. There you go. Um, yeah, man. I'm glad you had a good trip. We were chatting about it before. Um, so it looked like from the pictures and stuff you were posting, it looked like you're having a blast. So happy that you got refreshed and can finish out the NBA season refreshed. You know, we come off the NBA All Star break, and um, I mean the four game Monday slate. If you're not watching on YouTube, I have my thumb down. And if you're not watching on YouTube, you should head on over to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind YouTube page and subscribe and hang out with us night before when we're recording the podcast. So, um, I mean, chat is always having some fun. So always trying to answer questions for chat as well. But Tatum ejected. I mean, you hate to see the injury to ball. I mean, he's going to be out for a while. Um, hate to see that. So. What a yeah, disappointing we... like couple of hours of the report that LeBron's going to be missing multiple weeks with his injury, and then yeah. Ball breaks his ankle a couple hours later. Yeah, it was not not. I mean, yeah, I agree with you. Not good. So, what's up, YouTube chat? Glad you guys are hanging out, and uh, let's jump into this ten game slate because I mean, at the end of the day, it's ten games, and we got a lot, a lot to get through. So, we're gonna cruise through. Chicago at Toronto is where we get started. 220 and a half total in this game. The Raptors, a four and a half point favorite. Otto Porter Jr. remains out for Toronto. Ball, Dragic, Green remain out for Chicago. We'll go Chicago first. What do you like here for the Bulls? We got a player going up against his former team where he's one of the all-time leading scorers, and he's at 7.7K which his average on the season is nearly 6x that salary. I think DeMar DeRozan is a phenomenal play, a cash game play, a tournament play. I think DeMar is a phenomenal play on this slate. Um, And then Vucevic and Levine, both of them are going to be fine. Tournament pivots as well. I don't really feel the need to go anywhere else on this team, though. Yeah, I like the price tag for DeRozan. Um Zach Levine is hit or miss. He's a guy that can put up 45 plus, but now at 8,400, it's just such a tough price tag overall for him. Uh, Vooch at 8,800, just the price tags. Um, I don't think they're necessarily bad plays matchup wise. I just think that price wise, they're just too, um, they're just too expensive here. So no real interest for me in Vooch or Levine. Um, I mean, DeRozan, sure. No issues with that. If it wasn't a 10-game slate, you could make an argument for like Patrick Williams or AU or White or these guys. But overall, um, it's really just DeRozan for me. And then on the Toronto side of things, I mean, Siakam's 9,700. He's obviously someone that's capable of, you know, 60-plus point fantasy matchups or games. Um, I don't necessarily love the price tags on really anybody from Toronto. Um, Jakob Podol at 6,100 would probably be my favorite play from Toronto, averaging in that 27-ish to 30-minute range here with his new team. And, I I mean, Toronto loves to play their guys. This is going to be a spot where he's going to be a double-double threat each and every night. What are your thoughts on the Raptors? I'm with you on uh, Pirtle being my favorite player on this team. I don't really want to get to any of them with Fred Van, v- Van Vliet being back now and priced up so high at $9,700. Um, if I'm running 150, I would keep Pirtle in the pool. I would uh, keep OG Ananobi in the pool, even though he's played poorly lately. He still plays a ton of minutes, and he does have a ceiling at that price tag. So 
Um, OG and Pirtle would probably be my top two plays there, but not very willing to go anywhere else. All right. We kind of already hinted at this one, but we got Lakers at Memphis taking on the Grizzlies. 235 and a half total in this one. Memphis is anywhere from six to eight and a half point favorites, depending on the book that you're looking at. Um, Steven Adams remains out for Memphis. And then the Lakers side, LeBron out. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, doubtful. Uh, so, I mean, missing two really key pieces here for L.A. Um, I mean, that just shoots up Anthony Davis on my list today. The usage is going to be great for Anthony Davis. I think Schroeder um, is someone that is very playable here. And then, you know, you get the guys like Reeves and Hachimara under 4K. I, I mean, the Lakers are going to be one of the highest owned targeted teams on this slate today. No LeBron, no D'Angelo Russell. I'm probably going to have two Lakers on every single team that I play. Um, Anthony Davis is going to be one of the best spend-ups on the slate. Schroeder is going to be one of the best values on the slate. Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt, I'm very interested in. Hachimura and Reeves, like you touched on, I'm a little bit interested in. Um, but like, I'm going to be having probably two of these guys in every single lineup that I build. If I'm not playing... Anthony Davis and Schroeder, then I'm going to be making sure I have the Reeves and the Hachimuras in my lineup because those are probably going to be the guys who are wiping up if those guys, uh, if this turns in, if this one turns ugly. Yeah. I mean, you just, you have to, I know the matchup against Memphis isn't like the best matchup in the world. Um, but overall, I, I think you're just, you're looking at Anthony Davis going, all right, I know Memphis is not the best matchup, but the usage is going to be so good that I can't pass on it type of thing. So, um, I mean, with Russell being out too, it's just so much usage and minutes, really. Usage and minutes to kind of go around here. So, um, Malik Beasley, yeah, like so many good options here for the Lakers that seem just overall like way underpriced. Um if you're considering like who's out if we're looking at the Lakers um, I love running it back with like pieces from the other side it's just I mean John Morant would be my favorite he's 10-1 though um, the price tag is really up there he really hasn't had like a big game here recently Desmond Bain is someone that's capable of 40 plus but just the price tags here is, is where I'm struggling um I mean, maybe it's like a matchup for like Triple J, but overall, I mean, I'm struggling to run it back with Memphis here. I think probably my favorite run backs will be either somebody like a $4,200 Dylan Brooks or whoever starts between Xavier Tillman and Brandon Clark. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I struggle. I struggle with the Memphis side of this one. I mean... Also, especially if you think this one's going to get un- ugly, I do think a tournament who is very, very interesting if you're uh, running 150 today is Tyus Jones. He's been back for two games. He played 16 minutes in his first game. He played 20 minutes in his second game back. This is a guy that we typically see priced at like 4500 to 5 k and he's $3,300 on DraftKings. Yeah, I mean, second team usage. If the game if the game does get out of hand, I mean, I think the game still stays somewhat close. Um, I know Memphis is a great defensive team, 
I think they're second in defensive rating. Uh, but I mean, the Lakers just play so fast. Memphis plays so fast that I think this game is going to be such a fast-paced game that I mean, uh, I'm definitely more interested in just targeting players from this game. Memphis is one of those few good defensive teams that I really don't care that they're good at defense just because of how fast they play. Yeah, I mean, I'm same boat. Washington at Atlanta taking on the Hawks, 233.5 total in this one. Hawks, a six-point favorite. Looking at the injury report for this one, um, I mean, nothing really. Monte Morris is questionable. Porzingis is doubtful. Atlanta is good to go. There's no one on their injury report. Um, on the Washington side, I mean, Porzingis being doubtful, definitely interested in Kyle Kuzma at 7,800 here. Um, Bradley Beal at 7,600. I think both of these guys are high upside type of plays. Right at 4,500 is someone that's capable of like 30 plus fantasy points. Uh, what do you like for Washington? A lot. Even if Monte Morris is in, I think I still want to get a ton of this team. Kuzma and Beal are underpriced for this role. Denny Avdia stepped into the starting lineup for Porzingis last game. Um, Daniel Gafford at $4,500 without Porzingis, I think is a very interesting play. Last game with Porzingis getting hurt part of the way through, he ended up playing 31 minutes. He had 36.75 DraftKings points. So Gafford, I think, might end up end up being my favorite tournament play from this team. But I do really like Kyle Kuzma, Bradley Beal, like Denny Avdia as well. And then if we happen to get um, Monte Morris out, then I'm really going to like guys like DeLon Wright and maybe even someone like a Kendrick Nunn in tournaments. On the Atlanta side of things, I mean, Trey Young and DeJounte are both kind of priced up now. I mean, DeJounte's price has actually come down to where, you know, 8900 when he, what was it? right before the all-star break now that it's at like 7,900 I think DeJounte is very playable at this price point I mean Trey Young is always playable um we were really kind of curious what the new coach was going to do with like Clint Capella and the minutes are just not there uh so I mean that's definitely something to note for Atlanta I mean Collins isn't playing a ton of minutes either um Bay has been someone that's really benefited from the new coach 28 and 32 minutes since the all-star break and the new coach. So I think taking some shots on like Sadiq Bay isn't the craziest idea in this matchup. If we really are going to see him get that like 28 to 34 minute type of range. Um, I mean, high upside is always going to be Trey young and DeJounte Murray though for Atlanta. Yeah. If you're playing, um, some Beal and some Kuzma, I love the idea of running it back with either young or Murray, but if I'm not playing up for those ex- uh, two expensive guys, like I will say DeJounte Murray is just kind of perennial, un- perennially underpriced in my opinion. Um, he hasn't, he has shown a high ceiling this season, but not, you, you don't see it as often as you'd like, but this is still a guy who is priced at $7,900 who has like a 70 point ceiling that he's flashed uh, at points this year. So he's kind of perennially underpriced for tournaments in my opinion. Um, and then I agree with the Sadiq Bay call. The last uh, guy I'd want to throw in there would be Onyeka Kongwu. Uh, talking about the coaching changes since the All-Star break, Kongwu has played 25 and 28 minutes. Um, in one of those games, it didn't result in much. But in the other one, it was uh, he, he put up over 40 fantasy points. So I think he's somebody that if you're running 150, you include in the pool as well. 
And for what it's worth, I know Quinn Snyder signed like a five-year deal. They said that like he could coach Tuesday or um, their next game. So I still think that um, I still think like Sadiq Bay is going to get plenty of run here. Uh, they, I mean, he's he's someone that has a ton of talent. Which I mean, does I mean everybody in the NBA has a ton of talent for what it's worth. Anyway, moving on, Milwaukee at Brooklyn, 226.5 total here. The Bucks, a four and a half point favorite. Ben Simmons is out. Uh, Giannis is probable. I mean, pretty straightforward injury report as of the night before. Looking at Milwaukee first, Drew, 8,700. I know, like, Giannis has been in and out and not playing a ton here recently, but Drew's price with Giannis coming back is just too high. Um, so I, I mean, definitely some interest in Giannis, maybe even like a Brooke Lopez in this game, but honestly, I don't really have a ton of interest in Milwaukee overall. Um, Middleton's price is up. Drew's price is up. I, I like some studs more than I like Giannis today. So yeah, I mean, just not a ton of interest overall for me on the Bucks side. I have literally nothing to add. Same opinion. A little bit of interest in Lopez and Giannis if I'm running a lot of lineups, but that's about it. Yeah. On the Brooklyn side, I, I mean, Bridges, 7,300 is such a tough price tag. Dinwiddie at 7K. I, I mean, no Simmons. He should get plenty of run. You know, Cam Johnson and um, Cam Thomas, they're both going to get some run. Claxton, I mean, you would think like the core five for Brooklyn – they're they're all kind of in play my only concern with like the brooklyn guys is they're all over like 6k now and we really haven't seen like a tight rotation and like usage yet um i mean finney smith at 4100 if he's going to continue to play like 30 plus minutes is somewhat interesting finally had his finally had a good game with brooklyn the other night um what are your thoughts on the nets if I am playing a lineup with a Giannis, I'm going to make sure I have one to two of Bridges, Dinwiddie, Claxton, Cam Johnson, just because I think if Giannis is having a good game, it'll be, those guys will likely be keeping it close enough that he can play his full allotment of minutes. And so I wanted some exposure to Dinwiddie or Bridges, especially because I feel like those two would likely have a big hand in that. Um, the one player I'm kind of interested in on Brooklyn just on his own is Cam Thomas because I feel like he's the most likely um, if this one t- turns kind of ugly with Milwaukee just essentially stepping on this Brooklyn team, um, then I think Cam, Th- Cam Thomas is kind of the one that he probably gets low 20s minutes in a close game, but low 30s minutes maybe even or high 20s minutes in a game that uh brooklyn kind of gets blown out in we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, I worry about Milwaukee just not... I mean, Milwaukee just crushing them. (laughs) Like, um, I mean, I think, like, Brooklyn... I wouldn't necessarily say they're like in rebuild mode, but they are in rebuild mode. <laughs> I mean, like we'll see. Like I, I think if they like really give these guys run over the next you know week, week and a half, two weeks, I think we'll be talking about Brooklyn more. Uh, but I, it's so tough to kind of figure out the Nets right now. Um, so many. I mean, it's almost a. Is it a whole new starting five? Like if. if Sim, uh, Claxton's there. So, yeah. what, four guys? So, I, I mean, a lot to learn in a little amount of time. So, Sacramento at OKC taking on the Thunder. 237 and a half total here. Kings, a three-point favorite on the Thunder side. SGA is out. Home Green is out. Poku is out. On the Kings side, Fox is questionable. Uh, we'll go with Sacramento first. I mean tale of two stories here right if fox plays i think sabonis is in play regardless but if fox sits i mean it's definitely going to open up guys like malik monk um and some of the other these like cheaper guard type of plays uh what are your thoughts on the kings if De'Aaron fox plays i will just keep doing what i've been doing and playing a lot of De'Aaron Fox and printing money because he kind of has like a 5x floor recently. Um, and so De'Aaron Fox would be somebody that I like quite a bit if he plays, but if he's out, I want to load up on everyone. Demonis Sabonis becomes Anthony Davis level spend up option for me. If I'm running a cash games or a single entry, I'm going to be playing Anthony Davis and Demonis Sabonis if De'Aaron Fox happens to be out. And this is a seven o'clock game. So we should know this before lock with the late lock starting at 6.30. Um, and so if Fox happens to be out, I'll let Davion Mitchell burn me again. I'll, I'll let it happen. I'll let him break my heart again. But the two players that I'm going to be really overweight on, if that happens to be the case, is Malik Monk and Terrence Davis. Terrence Davis at $3,700, Malik Monk at forty nine. I think both just have 10x ceilings in this situation if De'Aaron Fox were to be out. Um, and they're even two players I, I would still keep in my player pool if uh, Fox happens to be in. Players like Barnes and Keegan Murray, I don't know how high their ceilings are or how likely they are to hit their ceilings. So they're not people I want to get to a ton, ton of. I think I like probably Keegan Murray just a little bit better than Barnes. I think he's got a bit higher of a ceiling. But to me, it's really all about Fox and then Sabonis if Fox is in and if Fox is out. It's all about Sabonis, Monk. Um, and Davis with a little bit of Herder, um, Davion Mitchell, and then, of course, a little bit of Barnes and Murray. Thunderside, I mean, no SGA. At Dort, 5K. Um, I mean, Joe at 4,400. I think, gosh, I, I mean, Trey Mann, just I want to play Trey Mann, um, but 
I also like Payne. Um, not to bury the lead, Josh Kitty is obviously a guy with some upside. Him and like Jalen Williams, um, both. I mean, both, really like both Williams, um, Kendrick Williams as well. They like they have some upside. The, gosh, the Thunder's rotations are just awful. Um, they're just not fun. Like they're not fun for DFS. So, uh, I mean, looking at the Thunder, no SGA. There's a ton of usage to go around. Giddy's price isn't the best. Um, I really think like my favorite play from the Thunder is going to be like Isaiah Joe. Yeah, I like these guys quite a bit today. Um, Isaiah Joe and Lou Dort are going to be by far my two favorites. I'm going to be getting to a lot of them. And then Josh Giddy is somebody that I do wonder if like if the minute ceiling is just there for him. Like I know he's a good point per minute point per minute guy, so he can put big games, put up big games in like 32 minutes, anyways. But I do worry just a touch on um, his ceiling, and so if he is somebody that comes in at like 40 percent ownership again tomorrow, like he was last time with SGA out, that was somebody I was over the field on last time. I might take the other approach this time. Um, Jalen Williams, I think I will still get to if he's in the starting lineup, even though he disappointed last game. Um, Jalen with an I, that is Jalen with an E. I, I always like sprinkling in, even though it's 6K, it's a good price tag for him. But I do still think he has um, a ceiling at that price. Um, but it's mainly going to be Isaiah Joe and Lou Dort for me. All right. Yeah. If okay. I'm running 150, which I am, yeah. that's why I always kind of put it in that perspective. But I would even be slightly, slightly tempted to play a guy like Wendy Waters. This is somebody that just signed um, a two-year contract with this team. He's been, like, two of his last three games, he's played 17 and 18 minutes. And he, I was watching the last Thunder game, and when he was out there, they were just so, so active. He was so, so active. And the Thunder announcers were talking about how much the coaching staff likes this guy and they wanted to get him more minutes. And so maybe that's somebody like, I, it's already spent too much time talking about him. That's someone I'll get maybe 2 to 3% of in 150 lineups, but just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, fair enough. Denver at Houston, where we end up going next. We got... 10-point total, Nuggets favorite, 232 and a half. 232.5 total, Nuggets favorite by 10. I went backwards there. Um, getting ahead of myself. Aaron Gordon is probable. Jamal Murray is questionable. Kevin Porter Jr. is questionable. Jasante is out. Um, we'll go Denver first. Fantastic matchup for Denver, right? Like Overall, Houston is one of the best teams in the NBA to target. Um, point guards just absolutely crush this team. So, I mean, Murray's 8K, but if Murray were to sit, um, that is where it becomes very interesting. Um, I, I think I'd like the pain of taking some shots on like a Reggie Jackson, <laughs> but um, Bruce Brown, I, I think, would be someone that would get some point guard duties in that scenario. And I mean, guards just crush this team, but Jokic, I mean, Jokic is a guy that's triple double um, candidate today for sure. Yeah, like if I'm choosing between Giannis and Jokic today, it's Jokic for me by a mile. Um, it's just I, I view them both as the type of guys that may only play three quarters today. But 
I just still think Jokic could have 30, 10, and 10 in those three quarters. Um, and so he, he, he'd be the one I'd be choosing over the two of them. As it stands, he's probably my second favorite center payout behind Anthony Davis, but he would drop behind Demontis Sabonis as well if De'Aaron Fox happens to sit for that game. Um, if Jamal Murray is out, I'll probably have one of Bruce Brown or Reggie Jackson in every lineup I play just because of that positional eligibility for both of them. Um, and yeah, if, if I'll sprinkle in some Aaron Gordon and Michael Porter Jr., um, Contavious Caldwell Pope, but more so Porter Jr. and Aaron Gordon, just because they both just had some price decreases. If Murray's in, I'll have sprinkles of them. If Murray's out, I'll probably have quite a bit of both of them. Um, on the Houston side, I mean, I think Jalen Green is someone we could take some shots on. He's been, I mean, he's been out for about two weeks now. A uh, little of that was the All Star break. Um, so I think Jalen Green is somewhat interesting in this spot. Um, outside of that, I mean, Sangoon, tough matchup against Jokic, seventy six hundred, tough price tag. Jalen Green, Jabari Smith, uh, just I mean, Houston's such a tough team. You know, maybe some KJ Martin at fifty five hundred. With everybody back, I just. I mean, not obviously not everybody with Porter Jr. questionable and Tate out, but Jalen Green is back. Porter Jr. might play. I just really can't see them keeping this game that close. And the only way I really want to be playing Houston players is if I'm playing, um, if I'm playing Jokic, and if I'm running it back with somebody, I would want it to be Shangun. But then that sews up both center positions, and there's so many other great center players. KJ Martin would probably be my if I'm if I'm thinking this game stays close I want to play, but the player I'm going to be by far the most overweight on because anytime Houston has a big spread I always just get a ton of this guy. I played uh, he was five percent owned on Sunday night I think I played about thirty percent of them. Terry Easton he's four K it's way too cheap he's got a super high ceiling if he plays eighteen to twenty two minutes in a somewhat close game then he probably doesn't burn you. He probably gets close to 5Xing that salary. But if he happens to get up to the high 20s like he did last game and he puts up 37.5 fantasy points, you're cooking with gasoline. And so Terry Eason is one of my favorite tournament contrarian value plays on the slate. All right. I hear you. Um, you like, I mean, with Tate out, you're really kind of hoping Kevin Porter Jr. sits for that, right? I don't really care with Tari Eason because um, to me, I'm just kind of like, I'm hoping this game does not stay that close for him to get that extended run. And I feel like he's probably going to be more so taking from KJ Martin, Jason, Jalen Smith Jr. And Shangoon more so than the Porter Jr. Jalen Smith um, type situations. Fair enough. All right. Like I, I think if I think if Porter, sorry, I think if Porter Junior plays, that basically just kicks out Josh Christopher and Deshaun Nix or Ty Ty Washington. I feel like it just basically kicks two of the three of them out of the rotation. Yeah, fair enough. Four games left. We head to Dallas. We got the Pacers and the Mavs facing off. Two thirty-six and a half total. Dallas a seven. 
point favorites. Uh, Bertans is out. Keebler is questionable. Pacers are good to go. Um, we'll go Indiana first. What are your thoughts here on the Pacers? A little bit of Halliburton, a little bit of Miles Turner. Don't think I really want to get too many other Pacers today. Um, if it wasn't a 10-game slate, maybe Andrew Nemhard, maybe Jordan Wara, but it is a 10-game slate, and I don't think we need those values. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't... Halliburton is always someone that's interesting in tournaments, especially like if you're potentially thinking about taking some shots on Luka. I like Jokic more than I like Luka today, for what it's worth. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think Halliburton is okay. Um, eventually, like they're going to get to a point, maybe even next year, where Matherin's playing 35 minutes a night and we could take some shots on him, but his minutes are just all over the place. On the Dallas side, I mean, we've we've got a sample size now. Like We've getting to the point where we're getting a large enough sample size with Luca and Kyrie playing together. And we've seen Luca's ceiling kind of dip a little bit. Um, what are your thoughts on Dallas? I think you can X out this entire game and be fine. Um, running 115 lineups, I definitely will still keep Luka Doncic in the pool, but I don't really think I'm going to be playing anybody else. Yeah, it's kind of my initial thoughts were the same way. Um, where I mean, Luca, I, I I think I rank Luca over Giannis, but not as high as Jokic or Anthony Davis. I mean, Anthony Davis is just in a phenomenal spot with no LeBron and potentially no Russell. So I don't mind the potential game stack here with like a Halliburton Luca combo, um, but. I don't I don't see myself playing a lot of it though. Um the minutes are just like Tim Hardaway's dipped in minutes. The minutes are just kind of all over the place right now with Dallas. Um consistently it's Kyrie and Luca. San Antonio at Utah. 236 total in this game. Jazz a nine point favorite. On the San Antonio side, Trey Jones is questionable. Birch is out. Langford is out. Robbie is out. Vassal is out. On the Jazz side, no Clarkson, no Sexton. We had some questions over there in the YouTube chat. We'll get to that here in just a second. Um, we'll go San Antonio first. What are your thoughts here on the Spurs? On the Spurs side of things, Kelvin Johnson, Zach Collins, Branham, um, if Trey Jones is out, um, all are decently interesting. Same with, I, I put Devontae Graham in that bucket. Jeremy Sohan would maybe be my favorite play from this team. 32 minutes in his first game back from injury, put up 32 and a half fantasy points someone who's been coming on this season for them and doing very, very well. Um, I'd be somewhat interested in all of these starters, but I think the one that I'm most interested in, like not to bury the lead and talk about, um, talk about Utah a little bit early as well, but my strategy is going to be very similar to how it was Saturday night. I'm going to be getting to an absolute ton of two players in this game. And those two players are Charles Bassey and Chris Dunn. Um, Charles Bassey, he only played 15 minutes last game, 
but he almost basically fouled out in those 15 minutes. He was in insane foul trouble. He's a wonderful point per minute producer though. And with no Isaiah Roby with no Ken Birch, he is basically the sole backup center. They're not going to be throwing Gorgie Diang out there. And so Zach Collins himself is prone to foul trouble. And any game with San Antonio can always get ugly. And so even though Utah is heavily undermanned, so likely this game is going to stay close. You never know in, in these types of scenarios. If it's ugly or if Collins is in foul trouble, Bassey could have a monster game. And then also if uh, he just happens to play 18 minutes in a regular game, the split at center is 30 for Collins and 18 for Bassey. Well, he can still put up 30 fantasy points in 18 minutes. So Kind of what I've noticed since playing more on DraftKings lately is where I have been most successful is finding players in games that could be potential blowouts. These 3K players in games and potential blowouts and backups who are just wildly good point per minute producers and just trying to get like 20% of them when the field's at 5%. And it's been going really well. The players like Tari Eason, who I was just talking about uh, a couple games ago, um, and Charles Bassey is one of those guys for me. And so he's going to be the person I'll probably be most overweight and compared to the field. I really like um, Sohan at 5K. Came back the other night, played 32 minutes. Um, I really like him. I think he's someone that's capable of 30-plus fantasy points. So just throw him out there as well. Um, Utah side, I mean, Horton Tucker – 2900 or 5900 man i wish he was 2900 right 5900 for him i think is super interesting um ochi is 3800 and then chris dunn is 3600 with sexton with sexton and clarkson both outs um I, i mean there's no reason for them not to give chris dunn 20 to 22 minutes off the bench here uh, so I like him a lot at 36. think he ends up being very popular on this slate. And an Oche um, at 3,800 with no um, Sexton or Clarkson. is he, He's another guy that should potentially play 30 to 35 minutes. Um, huge, like huge spot, right? Like this is a fantastic spot when you're looking at Utah in general. Um, San Antonio is one of the worst teams in the NBA. They're what? 20 no they're 30th now in defensive efficiency um and they play at the seventh fastest pace of the nba so huge spot here for utah and expecting utah to be one of the chalkier teams on the slate um with sexton and clarkson out i'm praying chris dunn doesn't start and isn't projected to start all day so that his ownership is not wild but he's going to be in 100 percent of my lineups uh Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I was all over him the other night when Clarkson was in and he played 23 minutes off the bench. And so now with Clarkson out, I think he's probably going to be in for mid to high 20s. Um, and it's another one of those players that even if he's not, even if you're, even if I'm wrong and he only plays 18, 
he still probably isn't going to kill me at that price for how good of a point per minute producer he is. So he's fighting for that second 10 day contract. He's fighting to be signed for the rest of the season here on this team. Um, so Chris Dunn is a guy I'm probably going to have in a hundred percent of my lineups. If I chicken out and don't have him in a hundred percent and say it's in the 90% range, well, I will make sure that lineup for sure has Taylor Horton Tucker on it. Um, or maybe even somebody like, Frank Jackson, who is nearing the end of his 10-day contract and hasn't played yet. Now, all of a sudden, Jordan Clarkson's out. Maybe he pops in and plays 22 minutes. Um, just because I'm playing 150, that's somebody I'll probably keep in the pool. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, I don't, yeah, this is a it's a great spot for Utah. And I don't want to like I don't want to overlook like Horton Tucker, Olinick, or Kessler, or Marketing. Um, I think Kessler is someone that he's fairly priced. Marketing is someone that has massive, massive ceiling in this spot. Um, we could see him go for like a 35 15 game here. So he, he's in that like elite tier price wise. And I think he's in an elite tier as far as ceiling goes. Um, and then point per dollar project projections on the slate. So, uh, definite interest here in Utah overall. Minnesota at LA taking on the Clippers 233 and a half total in this game. Clippers a six point favorite, six and a half on some books. Um, going to the Minnesota side first here. Noel is questionable. Cat remains out. Rudy Gobert is probable. Zubak is questionable on the Clippers side. Go Minnesota first. What are your thoughts here on the Timberwolves? With Gobert back playing, it does limit my interest in this team quite a bit. Nas Reed has been priced up, so he's not even uh, that type of guy that you want to take shots off of with him off the bench anymore. Um, Kyle Anderson is a lot less interesting when Rudy Gobert is back, but I still think he's a reasonable tournament play as well. His ceiling just isn't quite as high. Anthony Anthony Edwards is always a strong tournament play now that D'Angelo Russell is gone just because Mike Conley isn't picking up that same type of usage. But I do think it's very interesting to see how a team like Golden State defended him last game. And they basically just ran a box and won the whole game. They said, Anthony Edwards, you're not catching the ball. And when you do, you're going to get double teamed every time you dribble. And he just wasn't able to do anything. And so that's something that I find, I, I do find interesting, but um he still went five for 19 from the field last game and put up 35 fantasy points. It's not like he was absolutely abysmal. So I think he's got a very low, a high floor. I think he's got a decent ceiling. So I am still interested in Edwards, but not as much as some of the other studs that we've talked about. Clippers side, I mean, Kawhi, George, Westbrook. Um, we were all kind of interested to see how Westbrook would fit in with this team. And I mean, so far, so good. Um, he's definitely eating in a little bit to the usage of George, I think more than Kawhi. Um, I mean, overall it's really tough to play the Clippers now. I mean, what are your thoughts? Um, I mean, Westbrook 71, George 83, Kawhi 92. The prices don't seem crazy, but with all three guys playing well, it's tough. Yeah, I agree with you there. It's like, I think one of them is kind of always priced to be able to do well. Um, the one I'm probably most like Westbrook and, and Leonard are the two I'm most interested in because Westbrook's been playing very well lately. 
Um, his minutes, not that high, but he has been doing very well from a um, fantasy point per minute standpoint since becoming a Clipper. And then Kawhi Leonard just looks like Kawhi Leonard again. He has no type of minutes restriction. He's playing on back-to-backs. Um, and he just looks, or maybe he's not playing on back-to-backs. I guess it's just kind of been forever since they've had a back-to-back now that I'm looking at it. But he has no minutes restriction, and he's playing well. He looks like the Raptors' Kawhi Leonard again. Um, and so I do think he's a little bit underpriced for his ceiling. He does have a pretty low floor, but he's probably the one I'd be most interested in get to. Paul George hasn't just looked that great lately. Um, he had one really good shooting game the uh, at recently, and he put up a big score. But he hasn't looked that great, so he's a player that I'm of the Zuba of Leonard and Westbrook and George that I'm. He's the one of the three I'm least interested in, but still willing to get to because like eighty eighty three hundred dollars is just cheap. He's got a sixty point ceiling. Finish it out. Portland at Golden State. We cruise through this one. 236 total. Warriors, a four-point favorite in this one. Uh, Curry is still out. Iguodala's out. Peyton's out. Wiggins is out. And then on the Trailblazers' side, um, Nurkic is out. Simons is out. Winslow's out. Go Portland first. What are your thoughts here on Portland? There's like five teams that I'm just planning on getting to in absolute bunches on this slate. San Antonio and Utah, the Lakers, Washington, especially if if Morris is out, OKC, and then we'll add Sacramento to that list if De'Aaron Fox is out. Portland's another one of these teams. Damian Lillard is my favorite spend-up on the slate. Golden State should be able to keep it close, and I do not think that they have anybody who's going to be capable of defending him. Um, I don't think I think I don't think Clay is going to be able to stay with Dame. I know Jordan Poole sure as heck can't. Divincenzo is probably going to be the guy that they put on him, and he's a solid defender. But Lillard's just on another planet right now. Um, most uh, most seventy plus games in NBA history or maybe it was 60 plus games in NBA history. Sorry. I can't remember which one of the two it was, but it was one Wilt Chamberlain, two Kobe Bryant, three Damian Lillard tied with um, Michael Jordan. And two of them have come in the last like week, week and a half. Um, Damian Lillard's my favorite spend up on the slate. Um, I'm interested in getting to some Jeremy Grant, some Cam Reddish, maybe a little Nasir Little, but for me, it's just like, I want, 50% 50% Damian Lillard today. Yeah, Dame time. Um, another guy that's, you know, up towards the top when we are, you know, just thinking about overall ceiling and upside on this slate. So, um, ton of interest in Lillard. After him, though, I mean, it's it's kind of hit or miss. I mean, it's easy to say just play Lillard after scoring 71 actual points the other night. 71 actual points. Um, the fact that this is at like 9 p.m. to last game of the slate, like it just makes me want to have whatever the field has of Lillard get twice that much and just watch my teams rise the standings uh, (laughs) after all the games are done. Heck yeah, man. Heck yeah. Um, And I definitely don't mind the little call. Uh, I think he's really interesting here for tournaments. Uh, Golden State side, no Wiggins still. Um, I mean, Draymond 6,800, I think, is a fair price tag. 
I think Jordan Poole is someone we can definitely look at. Even at 8,500, he's had some big games um, against this team this year. Clay's had some big games too. Um, I, I mean, I don't mind if I'm playing Lillard running it back with Poole or Clay. I don't know if I'd play them both. Um, what are your thoughts on the Warriors? Yeah, I really like Poole and Clay. I don't think I'll set a rule that I'd want to limit it to one of to just one of them, but maybe something like max two of Poole, Thompson, Draymond Green, and Dante DiVincenzo, something like that. Um, I think Kev- Kevon Looney and jo- and Jonathan Kaminga are fine targets for when Draymond Green is out, but with him probable, unless we see um, – a, like a midday downgrade or something from him. I think it's really mostly going to be about pool and uh, Thompson for me. And then maybe a little bit of Draymond and DiVincenzo, but I even don't think I need really them too much. All right, let's play the morning grind game. And then we will get out of here. Favorite play under 5,000 to go seven X. Who do you got today? Chris Dunn. I am shocked. <laughs> I'm going to go Malik Beasley for the Lakers. Over 8K to go under 5X. Who's your bust today? Bust of the day today, I'm going to go with Fred Van Vliet. I'm going to stay in in that same spot. I'm going to go Siakam. I think, yeah, I don't, I just don't like Siakam today. I mean, I almost said Giannis for what it's worth. Favorite 6X play today. Who do you got? Taylor Norton Tucker. All right. Um, I'm going to go Sohan. I, I hate playing the Spurs. I really do. But I think with him at 5K, I think he has a good chance to get over um, 30 fantasy points today. Third, oh, let's get weird GPP play of the day. Going to go with Charles Bassey. You know, when you were talking about it, I was like, that's who he's going to pick. Um, <laughs> earlier, I was like, he probably already has it written down. Um, I don't know. It's how just like, this... I think Sacramento and OKC also played on Saturday night, or maybe it was Sunday night or something. I had a very profitable weekend for NBA, like both nights back to back. On like on on uh, Saturday, I finished first and second and fifth in my MME GPP, and then on. Uh, Sunday, my single entries all finished like top five in their GPPs. So it was a really good weekend. And so many of these games just kind of feel like repeats of the weekend. And so I'm planning on just going back to the well on all the things because the guys that I liked before are just in better positions than they were on the weekend because even more guys are out. Yeah, I mean, for me, Miley... I don't know how weird this is, but I think he's just going to kind of be overlooked by the value on his own team. But give me Walker Kessler today. I think a lot of people are going to go to the guards for Utah today. But, I mean, Kessler's in a good spot. Uh, He's capable of, like, big block type of games. And, I mean, San Antonio is just an offense. It's not good this year. They're not good this year. So, Uh, Any final thoughts before we get out of here? Nope. I think that's about it. I'm targeting about three or four of these games as kind of my big either game stack or a couple players up from them that I'm looking to get massively overweight on, and that's going to be in my core. Um, it's ba- I'm looking at Damian Lillard followed by the San Antonio-Utah game, the Sacramento-OKC game, 
um, and then some pieces of Washington and LA as well. And that's going to be where the vast, vast majority of my lineups uh, are, are built after. All right. We'll be back tomorrow talking some hoops. Hope everyone has a fantastic Tuesday and uh, we'll see you again tomorrow.